Good morning. This is Pastor Randy Anderson of This Is For You Ministry. Oh, I know our God has been so good and so great to us that he has blessed us beyond our wildest imagination. As we continue on in the study of God's word, we're going to continue on in the understanding of the deeds or the works of the flesh. The ones that we will be talking about today, they are entitled as the sins of deception. The sin of deception. Let's go and read our foundation of scripture from the book of Galatians chapter 5. And we'll do that after we have prayed. The fathers in Jesus name, we come before you, dear God. We thank you, dear God, Father, for this another day. We thank you, dear Lord God, for the understanding of your word. We thank you, dear Lord God, for the precious Holy Ghost that gives us the revelatory uh, understanding, dear God, of what the word is actually talking about. And so, Lord God, we just trust, dear Lord God, that you are here in the midst of this service, dear Lord God, that you will lead and guide our hearts, our thoughts, and our direction, dear Lord Father, unto the people as it pertains unto your eternal bound word. So have your way in the midst, dear Lord God, of this podcast. We ask that, Lord God, your blessing to be upon it. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we do pray and say, amen. Galatians chapter 5, uh, beginning at reading at verse 16 through 21. And the word of God says, this I say then, walk in the spirit, and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, envying, murder, drunkenness, reveling, and the such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such thing shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They that do such thing shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In the ancient days, it is recorded that the Lord God delivered the children of Israel from the terror reign of Pharaoh and from the bondage of Egypt. He said to them, you have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bared you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. He brought them to Mount Sinai to give unto them the standards for his people. He written ten commandments on stone, and the very first commandment states this, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heavens above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I am the Lord thy God am a jealous God. Excuse me. Amen. 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 For our definition idol. What does idol really mean? Uh, idolatry. Amen. It's a representation or a symbol of an object of worship. 
a likeness of something, a false conception, a form or appearance visible, but without substance. The Greek defines it as the worship of false gods. Idols will always separate us from the true and living God, according to Ezekiel chapter 14, verses 3 to 7. When we were in the world, we were polluted before God with the world's idols. The idols were so influenced or enchanted upon our lives that we gave it unto our children. We passed this thing on into our children. When the Lord had delivered his people from the bondage of Egypt and that they no longer had to fear the terror of Pharaoh, he reminded them about the specific instructions to not make any idols nor graven images, neither raise up any standing image to bow down unto it. Let me park right here just for a moment. That is found in Leviticus chapter 26 and 1. Uh, you said, well, we already read that in Ezekiel, but let's get an understanding of what's going on here. Preachers need to be reminded that we are accountable to God of reminding his people over and over and over of the same message. We preach and teach in one season, yet we also must teach and preach again in another season. This is God's way of keeping his people reminded of what God's specific instruction is for their lives. Idols are images of people's ideas that are made by them of stones, wood carvings, pictures, wearing of a cross symbol, amen, and even tattoos, amen. Let me read what it says about the tattoos. This probably is new to some of you all. It is found in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28. It says, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you, for I am the Lord. Amen. He didn't want us to have any tattoos, amen, as our gods to be upon us. We may not recognize it as such, but that is exactly what takes place. Things that we do and we put before God's word and commandments and we do it in our lives without any consideration, we have created an idol before God. We have created an idol before God. So let me park right here again and say this. We, the preachers, have not taught about tattoos to the people of today. If you had them before you got saved, your relationship is still intact with God. And God will reveal to you what you should do about it. If you got your tattoos after your salvation, but haven't heard about God's words on the matter, your relationship is intact and don't add to them. Don't put more tattoos on it now that you've been exposed that God doesn't want you to have it on your body. But now that you know that you shouldn't have them, amen, don't go after more tattoos. When you do so, you dishonor your God. Amen. You dishonor your God with these tattoos. We, the preachers, have been guilty of not presenting 
the things. We're supposed to be as a watchman on the wall. And when we see things come on the land, tattoos have been around, but now they used to just be with motorcycle riders or those that are in the military and wanted to put it on. Now everybody has tattoos. Women have tattoos pointing, giving sexual uh, uh, mindset to men's about arrows pointing here and this pointing there and, and show a little cleavage and show the tattoos going down their body. But in order to get the full image of the tattoo, they would have to take off all their clothes and men would have to do the same. And even this is forbidden before God. It is forbidding before God. God does not want his people who have been delivered by him out of the power of sin and death. He does not want you to have in your life or on your body any resemblance of the world still there after he has delivered you. We know that when we come out, we may still have some things, but his word that we are supposed to declare to the people, it is the thing that causes them to discard those things and know what they need to put on and what they need to take off. It don't come naturally that you know. It is through the preaching and the revelation of God's word that we know what to take off and what to put on. Amen. And I'll say amen again for you. Amen. Idols can't save you. They can't hear you nor respond to your request. They can't move without your help. The only things that idols can do is deceive you and not trusting in the true Savior, Jesus Christ. Unless the true and living God that created all things has delivered you from the power of sin and death, then you are not his child. I'm not trying to be hard. I'm not trying to be harsh, but I'm trying to reveal a truth to us that we may understand who is we're referring to when we say the children of God versus those that are not. The children of God are just like it was Israel. When God delivered Israel out of the bondage of Egypt, everyone that came out, those were referred to be as his children. On the spiritual point, those of us that have been delivered, amen, out of the bondage of sin and darkness and death, until you've been delivered, you are not God's child. You're still in darkness. Amen. 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 He, which is God, wants to deliver you and adopt you into his family. But he can't until you allow him to do so through your repentance. Selfishness is the root of idolatry. I'll say again, selfishness is the root of idolatry. The apostle Paul, having been delivered from his selfishness and hatred of God's people, Jesus converted him to become one of them to proclaim God's message to his people. And now that he was converted, he was willing to do so at any cost. What will you do for the Lord who has delivered you, who has freed you from the bottle of the wine, 
who has freed you from the spirit of thinking you have to lay with anybody or get any woman you want to. After God has delivered you from that, what would you not be willing to do for him? He is the Lord that delivered us. I know I refer to those actions per se, but he really wants to get at the root cause of idolatry. And that is through your sin nature. God has to deliver you there. I can go all the way back to Genesis to bring that point out, but that's where God has to deliver us from. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4 to 6, he is making it very plainly about an idol and how not to go in and eat that which is sacrificed to idols, but how we need to go about doing things to the true and living God that will bring him honor and bring him glory. Amen and amen. As we go on, we want to see the next work of the flesh is witchcraft. Witchcraft is defined as the use of sorcery or magic, communication with the devils or with a familiar spirit, an irresistible influence or fascination, a tradition or religious that involves the practice of witchcraft. The Greek defines, uh, amen, the word witchcraft as the use or administrating of drugs. You never thought about that. The Greek word comes from the same word that we call pharmaceutical, the same exact word. And so it refers to that as witchcraft, poisoning, sorcery, magic arts, often found in connection with idolatry and fostered by it. Metaphorically speaking, it's the deception and seduction of idolatry. That's all witchcraft is. It is the deception and the seduction, or I should say the seduction, amen, of idolatry. Amen. Our time is getting away, so we're going to do it this way. The Lord commanded us not to seek after those who have a familiar spirit. Those who seek after familiar spirits will be cut off from among God's people. The Lord commanded his people saying that any man or woman that has a familiar spirit shall be put to death by stoning. People who has a familiar spirit are palm readers. Those who say that they can talk to the dead. Those who entertain folks with black or white magic. Those who produce zodiac signs for directions of people's lives. These are what are known in today's time as familiar spirits or soothsayers. People with a familiar spirit will have you bewitch to believe that their gift is from God, but their spirit provokes God to anger against them. When a person rejects the word of God, God sees their rebellion as the sin of witchcraft and their stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry, according to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. Amen. When we come into the New Testament, we find that after uh, the, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We found after the outpour of the Holy Spirit, we found that after God had to disperse the church to go into all the world to proclaim 
the message of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we find one whose name was Stephen. Stephen came into a city of Samaria where there was a man who had bewitched the people there with his sorcery and enchantment to have them believe that he was of God. But when he heard about Stephen, oh, pardon me, it was Philip, Philip's preaching of the kingdom of God, then he wanted to draw closer to Philip to be able to hear more about the spirit of God and the coming of the kingdom of God. He watched how that Philip had did many wonders before the people, and it probably gave him an idea that, ah, maybe I can do that. But he already had the people deceived. And so I want to be able to say this and park right here for a moment. Whenever the word of God come forth and begin to do things in the lives of people, amen, that are entrapped by a sorcery of some sort, or magic of some sort, it would begin to turn them away and cause them to be able to look and to see what God has for them. The, God's word is more powerful than any magic can ever be produced. It is more powerful than any magic can ever be produced. And God wants to be able to show you and I how great he is and how powerful he is through his word. But we have to be able, just like it is with our idols, we have to turn away from the familiar spirits and be able to come to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the heart of repentance. And as we begin to close this, we want to be able to remind you, what is adultery and witchcraft? First of all, idolatry and witchcraft, both of them are evil before God. It is a work of the flesh. Anything that's the work of the flesh is something that will separate you from God. Amen. It separates you from God. Why? Because the flesh is being the strong man has not been subdued by the stronger man, which is the spirit of God. And the spirit of God being the stronger man cannot subdue your strong man until you humble yourself before God and allow the Holy Spirit to really come in so that he can control the things in your life through the truth of God's word by revelation of the scripture. And you will be able to denounce all these things that are in your life. Let me give an example of that. When I came alone, uh, I was so full of a lot of superstitious things. Uh, many people in my generation was raised up to believe that. Uh, if you break a window, you have bad luck for seven years. Uh, uh, don't let a black cat cross your pathway. Uh, you can't, shouldn't walk up under uh, a ladder and all these old crazy things that we lived our life by. It was a form of witchcraft that was holding us there. But when I got saved and gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ, I began to look at my life in the light of God's eternal bound word. I was not trying to find all the theology things about it, but I was trying to find what God wanted me to know about me. 
how I need to change my wording. The cuss words had to go away and God helped me to get over that. Yeah, my lust uh, for other things other than the truth of God's eternal bound word. He helped me to get over that. Amen. I was at the age of 20, still believing, amen, that there was a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow until I got to reading God's word in the book of Genesis. And we refer to that rainbow as God covenant to mankind that he would never destroy the world by water. Guess what? I had to kick that superstitious thinking out of the way and take a hold of God's eternal bound word as the truth on what those things are really all about. That's what you have to do. That's what someone else have to do in order to have the right relationship before God. We have to be able to do that. We understand that selfishness and stubbornness are the root of idolatry. It's the root of idolatry. We understand witchcraft is as the, is, is like rebellion. Rebellion against God's word. Rebellion don't have to come on as harsh stuff. Rebellion can simply be God told you to do something and you decided to do something in place of what he told you to do. And you went about with that thinking that you're blessed but that's not what God told you to do. That becomes a curse unto you. Amen. Let us pray. Fathers, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, dear Lord God. We realize that we are up under crunch time of time, uh, Lord God, to be able to get and hit and miss on points. But Lord God, we, re we realize and recognize that you know how to bring out what is necessary for the people to be able to hear for the people to be able to grasp, for the people to be able to understand in accordance to your eternal bound word. Have your way, dear Lord God, with this audience, dear Lord. It is our heart's desire and we pray for them, dear Lord, as they continue to be able to listen on to what is being shared by your eternal bound word. Amen. Through your servant, dear Lord, uh, Randy Anderson, uh, we're only here, dear Lord God, to do what you will have us to do. We realize we may say some things that uh, amen. That is revealed from scripture. It may seem like we're stepping on people's toes. We don't try to do that with any intention. But if we do, dear Lord, we hopefully uh, they understand, dear God, that now it is not me, but the Holy Spirit that is stepping. That it begin to get them to see what they need to do. Dear Lord, Father, that is not right in the sight of God, what they need to do to be able to change their lives and be able to turn it over to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who the Lord of his own free will left glory, came down to earth to become in the likeness of sinful man, and then Lord Father die a crucified life that we that are dead in sin, dear Lord God, while he died, while we were sinners, yet Lord Father, he made it possible for all people as sinners to be able to come back to a relationship with you as it was before the fall. But Lord God, one thing that we recognize that you never took away our ability to choose. So we must choose the Lord Father, the salvation, the Lord God, and walk in it in the way that you would direct us to be in order for you to be able to bless our lives. Lord God, with the understanding of your eternal bound word, have your way, Father, throughout the day. It's in Jesus' name we pray and say thank you. 
for the people to understand that this word is for you.